Are you wanting me to respond to the name Punyon? <laughs> that is your name. All right. If you acknowledge that you are Nitpick Nick, <laughs> I will acknowledge and accept the nickname of Punyon. I am Nitpick Nick. All right. There we go. Now, actually, can I at least tell my fans, because Punyon sounds like Punyon or Puny. It's supposed to be pun with onion because you tell puns in so many layers, it's just nasty. That's true. And I cry. Every fucking time. That's true. You cry from laughter, though, not from the onions, though. No, I cry from frustration. <laughs> well, okay, that makes two of us, all right? Well, and when that do makes I ever three make you of us. Cry? Three of us, according to Jeremy in Idaho, right? When do I ever make you cry? Uh, when you made me watch Repo the Genetic Opera. I cried for three weeks. I just got over that last week. Let me just say this right now we're going to do the new Scream movie. And I will give a warning right now because a lot of people haven't seen it. If you haven't seen it, because it's still relatively new. And so if you haven't seen it, be warned. This is going to be a very spoiler-heavy review that we're going to do. I was right this whole time. As I said earlier, Dewey was going to be the killer. He was going to kill Sydney, And then we were going to be following Courtney Cox the entire movie. Because come to find out, Woodsboro has been changed to Cougar Town. That's true, Nick. That's all very true. But I was personally, I was shocked, though, when, when Dewey revealed that he had been the secret killer since part one. Mm-hmm. That really threw me off. The whole time, he's been the man behind everything, pulling the strings. Which is why he could never die. Mind-boggling. So, folks, I'm sorry we have ruined the movie for you. We've ruined the whole series for you. No, it's not true, but it would have been a good fan fiction story, right? Maybe that would have been a good Scream movie, too, okay? You know, this is a pet peeve of mine. Can we just call it Scream 5? Yes. The fact that this motherfucking movie is called Scream 2022. Ah! It's yeah, Scream 5! So, understand this Why, Nick? Why do they keep doing this? Because they hate us. Because instead of calling the Scream 5, because, hello, it's still a sequel. Clearly. Well, there's no doubt about it. This is Scream 5. Because even all four of the previous movies do take place in this timeline. This is not, yeah, this is not a multiple, this is not a new timeline. They're not retconning stuff they're not uh ignoring sequels this is legitimately scream 5 kirby survived oh wow you're just going heavy on the spoiler oh yeah oh, oh my wait, goodness well, kirby gonna be in the yeah you're pulling movie. no punches here man nick is going straight in welcome back hayden Pinetier. we love you you were literally the best thing in that pa- in that previous movie so answer me this riddle man if this is scream the new one they're working on what the hell is that gonna be called is that gonna be called scream 2 <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> don't do it that better be called scream six next scream year scream right? 2 2023 i'll start off by saying this this opening scene is definitely for me the second best right behind the original in terms of opening kills it's not even a kill i'm about to say it's not even a kill but it's <laughs> <And> brutal <laughs> but that but hey maybe that's what makes it special also is that it's actually it throws you off because Nobody actually dies. Yeah, so we meet Tara, Jenna, Jenna Ortega, and she gets the call from Ghostface. Which initially doesn't seem like Ghostface. It seems like some regular Joe Schmo who actually called the wrong number. Or... Up until he asked that famous line. They really let Ghostface talk as a normal human being for a good three minutes. He really eases into Ghostface. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, you have the... Uh, maybe it's too meta. She's talking about elevated horror, and mm. she likes uh, the Babadook and all this stuff. And I still haven't seen the Babadook. Well, that's because you're not elevated. So. <laughs> elevate. Apparently, you no, need to elevate so you can house. demonstrate. Nighthouse. Oh, that's elevated horror. horror. Yeah, that's true. Uh, what's yeah. another? I haven't watched her. Uh, it comes at night. That's elevated horror. 
This movie was filming probably when Nighthouse came out. Otherwise, they probably could have mentioned that here as well. But in the, in Ghostface, like, hey, what about the stab movies? She's like, ah, fuck the stab movies. It's yeah, she's not into slashers. They're not elevated. They're de-elevated junk movies. And she's right. Most slasher movies sucks sometimes. But Yeah, I watched two of them today, and I was well, we were pissed. We both watched Halloween Kills. So. Um, so finally, though, it leads into, yeah, what happened in the first stab movie? I don't know. And then he just tells us, like, okay, well, you better find out real quick, because if you don't, I'm going to kill your friend Amber. And we cut to a video shot of Amber, who's being watched by some mysterious and unknown person from the outside, which I have to say, as a horror movie aficionado, I immediately suspect Amber's involved when I see her in this video, because I'm like, well, there's probably two killers, and... And the killer is already texting using Amber's number because apparently the he hacked to get her number now the scream is known for the whole oh they cloned my phone thing that's always a, a ploy they clo- they cloned the phone except for roman in part three actually was calling people with his own voice <laughs> and was actually the killer mm-hmm. from his own phone remember he was talking to jenny McCarthy? Oh, yeah. so so they have one movie where they threw you off of that one movie where it was actually true tara has a landline which who has landlines nowadays? Kinda, I live it off there. That's kind of like, okay, that's a throwback, but okay. Notice how she didn't answer the phone at first. Like, someone keeps calling the landline. It's weird. These, um, the trivia questions Ghostface ask, again, this takes me right back to the original. This feels like maybe the, one of the best Ghostface phone calls since that first phone call with Drew Barrymore. Because he's asking the questions, but he's doing those trick questions but but she should have got that right. Though. Like, who's a killer in the first stab movie? If you know enough about stab, you're like Billy Loomis. How you gonna leave? How you how do you forget Stu? You already if you know enough to know it's Billy. You just remember there was a second killer though. Right. But it was kind of a trick question in the, in, the, in the vein of Jason's mother was the killer, not Jason in the first Friday Thirteenth. So Ghostface always trying to trick the trick. The which movie. he which he did. Now my question: How close does Amber live to Tara? Because Tara, upon realizing she got the question wrong, gets a knife and decides, like, I'm going to come save you, Amber, and rushes to her front and door. And Ghostface is, like, right outside the door. Right. But <laughs> but just Amber, or just Tara wanting to do that makes me think that they mustn't, Amber lives in her neighborhood or something? Probably just down the street. Because she was pretty like, oh, I'll just go help you out myself. Like, well, yeah, clearly. Even though when we finally see Amber's house, we know that's not the case. Now, well, then again, Jenna Ortega, her character is almost likely old enough to drive. I even even driving though, she still has to feel like she can get there in a matter of seconds. Otherwise, why wouldn't you just call the police and send them to Amber's house? So the so the video because Ghostface is outside, so the video of Amber is obviously pre-taped. I uh, it's pre-taped. That's like a saved video they, mm-hmm. that they made earlier, and Amber might as well mention who the killers are because because Richie is. Somewhere with Sam right. in another town. Which means this has to be Amber. So they got together previously and they taped Amber in her house. Mm. And this is just Amber now. Or I actually have another theory. So Ghostface, I mentioned it before, it, ha- it might as well be his own entity. But what I just now figured out is Ghostface is actually a hitman for hire. And once his contract is up, he leaves. And that's why we always get the third act twist of who the killers actually are. Because Ghostface has just left. See, folks, this is why we can't be doing the fan fiction. You have to do it for us, because if we did it, this is the kind of shit that would be coming out. So, 
spare us future <laughs> Nick's outside the box thinking. <laughs> oh, come on. What's wrong? I mean, we know that the trimmers are just predator worms. I was going to bring that up. This is, this is in the, the same level of that theory. This is, this is just like, you know, really reaching her. She closes, locks the door, and because it's a smart house, she's locking the door. Ghostface is unlocking it. She's locking it. Ghostface. It's and actually go- pretty suspenseful. Ghostface is unlocking it because... It's obviously probably a close friend. Yeah. As Amber is. Yeah. So it's actually a pretty suspenseful scene that I thought when I originally saw the trailers and saw this, I was thinking to myself, that's going to be stupid as shit. Yeah. In the trailer, <laughs> it looked lame. But the way they played it off in this was actually pretty good. I think it's because Jenny Ortega knows how to actually look like. Scared. Like she's not acting like she looks really scared. <laughs> you immediately like, oh shit. She ain't acting. She's scared. That's exactly how somebody panic would be acting. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we get that one final bonus question. Do you think I got in the house? And, <laughs> she is. And this kid, this one is actually pretty brutal. She's sitting there stabbing the hell out of Tara, purposely missing all the vital organs, by the way. Knowing that it's like her, it's her best friend doing it, too, just adds a level of creepiness to it. Like, damn. How often? Take you, it easy on her. That's her friend. Like, when did you, why did you want to kill this chick so bad? So, so Ghostface is purposely just trying to injure her. Yes. That's really tricky to be like, okay, I am going to, like, do something very serious to you. But I'm not supposed to kill you. Right. I mean, Amber is not like a professional hitman, so this is very tricky. Like, she's stabbing her. Well, she probably looked up, like, certain areas to stab where it wouldn't have been fatal, but still would have looked serious enough to make people think that this person actually did try to kill her. Yeah, well, she she still gets messed up, so. Yeah, she gets stabbed, uh, what, seven times, I think they said? Uh, She gets her foot broken. She puts up a fight. In this one, there's, what, seven stab movies? Because you see a YouTube thing talking about stab eight. Yep. Didn't the previous movie have, like, eight stab movies they were going through all the openings of? I don't remember <laughs> the opening of the fourth one enough to remember which stab movies they went through. But they definitely were a, there definitely were a lot of them. I'm pretty sure they the... the Opening to it, the girl was watching Stab 8 because they, because then the girls, the, the whole opening of Stab 8 was them watching Stab 7. <laughs> well, I got another one for you since you're talking about it. Oh, shit. I'm pretty sure at some point in this movie, the character Wes, either he says or someone says to him something about his mom is a character in the Stab movies. Judy Hicks is a character in the Stab movies. She should have only been the character in the one that happened prior. Do you think there was a one that was actually made off the events of part four, though? I don't think there was. I mean, it's never mentioned. But if there was, then if there actually was, then that would mean that Jill succeeded because she would actually be famous then. But I don't think they actually made a movie from that. Oh, wait, wait. Maybe, but I don't know. But it all goes into... Did Gail write about it? And then Kirby. Yeah, because Kirby survived. Is Kirby known for that? Because... the question is... I don't know if they... I mean, it's... If they did, I don't know because they talk about the last time movie having nothing to do with Sydney, right? Mm-hmm. So obviously, Scream Four had a lot to do with Sydney. Oh yeah, but so. who knows how many sequels were retconned into this one after that? Yeah, but I just can't see Judy Hicks suddenly being a character based on that. That's weird. Well, yeah, what was another one? Uh, another continuity error. 
I guess probably isn't a continuity error, just an error in line delivery. But Sam states that half that more than half the events that happened in the stab movies happened in Woodsboro, which is again false because uh, only two movies happened in Woodsboro. Right. So you can't say more than half. You can only say half. Yeah, what's funny is half the movies don't take place in Woodsboro, the screen movies. Yeah. So this idea that uh, Woodsboro is like some... Because what, the set, the third, the second movie takes place at a college that's outside of Woodsboro. There's something, um, I don't know if it's the case, but just from how Scream 4 was and now this one, something feels like, like, like Scream 3 is not canon. I don't know what it is, but doesn't it feel like... Whether they know, like Scream happened, Scream Two happened, but we've never heard Roman mentioned again. But Sydney's brother, none of this stuff has been mentioned. It has to be canon because Sydney's married to Mark. That's the only thing. You're right. <laughs> that little Easter egg connects a little bit, but other than that, you would think like in Scream Four, you would think something would come about Roman. Scream Five, nothing comes about Roman. Nothing comes about about Hollywood or. Scream, I mean, nothing Scream comes 3, about... Scream 3 is definitely, in the series, Scream 3 is definitely treated like the bastard stepchild Well, nothing's that also said anything about Billy's mother or Mickey. Yeah, but I think it's just because of Randy, Scream 2 has to be canon. Because they're talking about Randy died in this movie, so that has to be from that. Well, how about we go ahead and meet our second main character of Sam? Oh, shit. We should have stuck with our first main character. Let's just follow her to the hospital and sit with her for the rest of the movie. Oh, yeah, and also Richie. We, we meet Richie, too. Amber, Wes, Chad, Liv, and Mindy. Also Vince, played by Kyle Gallner. Who we know from the terrible Nightmare on Elm Street remake. Yep. And also, should I, I want to mention, uh, Richie is played by Jack Quaid, Dennis Quaid's son. Wow. I didn't really recognize him at first. Ah. Obviously because I don't think I've seen a movie with Jack Quaid in it. Is, um, is um, the guy that plays Chad. Yeah, that's Cuba Gooding Jr.'s son. Okay, I was wondering. Okay, cool. Yeah, I, I, saw, I saw the resemblance, familiar. but yeah. I, didn't, I didn't want to say. I didn't know. So. He looks more like Cuba Gooding Jr. than Jack looks like Dennis. Now, maybe this is a tell or not, but they're talking about, you know, uh, what's her face getting attacked? Yeah, they're talking about Tara being attacked. And Amber says, I think she says that she put up a good fight. Well, really, Amber? Oh, okay. <laughs> Gee, it's one of those when you, you go do. back when you go back and watch it, knowing she's a killer, like, oh, okay. <laughs> now, well, it's the same thing with uh, Stu. Stu almost gave it away right then and there, too, in the same type of setting, just outside the school at a picnic table. We get Sam's backstory when she gets to the hospital. This was slow, boring, unneeded. And the only reason why we have Sam in this movie is because she's Billy's daughter. Oh, wait. I need to say it right, right? (laughs) Hold up. Billy's daughter. Billy's daughter. Where are you you at, Timothy Oliphant, when when we need you? Come on. (laughs) Bring him in for one voiceover. All right. Damn it, Mick. Um, So Billy was quite the active. So Billy was how active of a teenager was he? Beside planning the murder of Maureen Prescott, he cheated on her with some woman, got her pregnant. Yep. Didn't live long enough to pay child support. De- he's a deadbeat dad <laughs> in death. Yep. Um, 
Damn, Billy. Dude was doing a lot. And also, it's because of Sam's backstory is why Tara's dad leaves the mother. And then Sam becomes a bad kid and leaves town completely. Who, I wonder. I do wonder about Sam's family. The Who's mother... The mother? The guy that was the the father before, right? I it's I, very interesting to think about what's going on there. I got an idea. It's Stu. You just really want Stu to come back. <laughs> He's dead. <laughs> He's not coming back. He's gone. Matthew Lillard would make a, would probably do an amazing job if he was able to come back. If in some weird way, him and Billy were like stepbrothers or something. I don't, know. I, don't know. I don't know what I'm saying. It's getting so convoluted. Um, Either way, so we get Vin- Vince's death. All right, look, I, I don't like this because he's he's in two scenes only, and in both scenes, he's like that sort of outside threat. I guess you could say he's a red herring in like terms of like, oh, he looks threatening, but we know he's not the killer. And we definitely know he's not the killer the minute he, well, dies. He dies very quickly and... Just gets stabbed in the neck. And the guy's probably a better actor than... Ha- 90% of the teens in the movie. Also, the world question I got is, his car must be Christine. <laughs> because he turns his car off, Yes. stands up when he gets stabbed in the neck, and his car's back on. <laughs> Not only that, but look. <laughs> of okay. course, Christine didn't kill Ghostface okay. at this point. Okay. I understand his headlights are blinding him, right? But someone's in the car. He walks five feet to where he can see the car, and someone's not there anymore. Where the hell... Who Where did Ghostface go? Right. Where he's not visible? Did he hide under the car? Because then he'd have to well, maneuver back. His, his name's Ghostface. Well, yeah, it's not Amber. <laughs> but, and we'll see, because when Ghostface is the mask, he can overpower people and do stuff that Amber probably can't do. I'm telling do. you, Ghostface is its own entity. The minute you put on that mask, you're no longer yourself. This scene of Vincent dying was all excuse to, to play, kill off Kyle Gallner? No, to play the damn song Red Right Hand, which is like famous from the first movie. Which Which I'm good with it. I'm good. Go- is okay. also the main theme song for the show I've been watching called Peaky Blinders. Sweet. All right. Well it's actually a pretty decent show. Well, I only know the song from the first screen, but it's an iconic song either way. Either way. It's used well here. It's just kinda like I just would have liked the guy to stick around, maybe kill him later in the movie, but the guy's a good actor. He probably could have fleshed that character out more. Okay, so uh Oh, should we talk about Sam at the hospital again? Actually I was gonna talk I was gonna mention that uh Billy Loomis makes an appearance in this movie. <sighs> Listen. <laughs> We're, this this, is not a supernatural based movie, but yet this we is, get a ghost. Maybe the, maybe I reacted so bad this because this is, this is too close to um to Ozzy. This is too close to Ozzy Ghost. We're, we're two weeks removed from Ozzy Ghost, and now we got Billy Ghost. But here's the thing. Is Billy really a ghost or just a figment of her delusional imagination because we do know she is apparently a schizophrenic? She's definitely a figment, but the problem is she looks exactly like how we know Billy as of, and she has, he has Billy's voice. Well, that's because she never met him. It's still played by the same actor. Yeah, but how does, she, how does her mind conceive him as... The killer from Scream with his voice and everything, the way he's, she's never met him. I don't know about the voice. But, she, I know um, she I know she saw a picture, maybe. I'm about to say the picture, she could get the physical aspect, but voice-wise? I don't like it. They, what they should have done is get obviously still have the actor come back for Billy Ghost, but then get the voice of the actor who played him in the Stab movie to do the voiceover. I don't like it because it actually, in a way... It makes the movie less scary. Even though it's a figment of her mind, it makes me feel like, oh, the main character, she got Billy, the ghost of Billy Loomis is on her side. They're going to fuck up the killers. You, I'm already thinking like, 
I'm not scared for her because she has her dad, Who's the ghost it? of Billy Loomis, Who is on it? her side advising her. A lot better of a serial killer, yeah. Yeah, he's going to fuck these kids after them up. So I'm like, it makes it less scary to be like, oh, he's on, he's, he's, he's there and he's like advising her. I'm like, yeah, this is the wrong move. Scream is not the movie to have that kind of thing. It's just, it's, it's not elevated horror. It's not supernatural. Even though it's in her mind, it feels like Billy the Ghost. So either way, Ghostface attacks Sam in the hospital. What the hell, man? After So Ghostface calls. Uh, let me rephrase. Amber's phone calls Sam. The fucking Amber calls. Let's yeah. just say, let's Amber, say what it is. So. Amber calls. Sam is talking to her and finally says, Stop being a pussy. If you want me, come and get me. And we just get already there. Mm. <laughs> Just shuts the door and attacks her. So this is like the first movie where Ghostface has the master plan going, but in the master plan, there's like one or two sort of fake attacks where he's really not trying to kill you yet, but but he wants to put in your brain that this is real and you are under attack, basically. But there's no plan to actually kill you Mm. here. But that's risky shit doing this in the hospital. Right, but one But apparently we're going to find out this is the fucking hospital from Halloween 2 with how abandoned it is and how empty it is at certain times, so... Well, one thing I'm going to say is I do like how they get rid of the amazingly destructive ghost face from the previous movie and bring back the one that actually can get his ass kicked if if his opponent is actually good. Yeah. Because this one, Sam, what... Yeah, she's afraid, but she ducks out of the way. She whacks him with a damn table, pushes him across the table, and then gets out. Uh, the previous Ghostface would not have been able to get his ass kicked like that. Oh, no. This one's going to show some superhuman strength, though, too. So we'll see. Oh, that's because well, Amber, <laughs> Amber's just schizophrenic. Uh, Amber's but, a nice. But there's certainly, there's a, um, there's, a, there's versions of Ghostface that are like clumsy as shit. They'll trip all over the place, fall everywhere. This there's, one's more in the middle of being. Clumsy as shit and being a killing machine. And as always, much taller than the actual character. Who's <laughs> right. I think they, the only... They have no regard for... They're like, all right, who's going to be Ghostface? Oh, the 5'3 character. But in the mass, they're always going to be six feet something. But you would think, you know, if they had it to where Richie was the one doing the killings, it would make a little bit of sense. Because he is about that height. <laughs> in the fourth movie... <laughs> Jill and uh, Jill and, and uh, Charlie are both like five they're foot five foot five, and Ghostface is fucking six two six three. Well, that's because whatever stuntman they get to play them every time, that's just that the, damn tall. The only believable Ghostface was Roman because he was a grown ass man. Well, I mean, whenever it's a when it's a, when it's a teenage girl playing Ghostface, you stretch the realms of everything. So. Well, I mean, at least Billy and Stu, because that Ghostface really never stood around. It was a little bit more believable stuff. And they and, and in part four, they kind of got around it because they were like, "Hey, it was kind of revealed that hey, Jill didn't do any of the killings. Ghostface Char- always Charlie. Yeah, this, but- this is the first movie bold enough to be like, it is actually the teenage girl. Yeah. <laughs> She's actually Ghostface." She's about to whip some ass. Oh, okay. Well, let's I mean, start bringing back some legacy characters. Judy Hicks don't count. <laughs> what is it? She was in part four. She's she don't count. She's not really. She's got. Let's just bring back Dewey. She's got one leg. Maybe we'll bring back Dewey. Beautiful. My man Dewey in his trailer, mind his business, living his life, retired because the police force didn't want him anymore. Yep. Still watching Gail Weathers on her morning talk yep, show. Yep. They they got divorced as per life. Um. He gets a visit from and Sam and Richie. And as he says, hey, listen, give me one good reason to answer the door. 
I'm Ben Loomis's daughter. That's a fucked up reason for me to answer the door. Now come on in. <laughs> um, I just love that line. It's like, that's a terrible reason for me to answer this door. Yeah, so um, Samantha, so Dewey quickly, quickly surmises what's going on and says, hey, it's how, Richie. how long have you known him? <laughs> how, does, did, and he makes, he makes a key point. It's like, did he know that you were from Woodsboro? And Richie's in the, over there like thinking probably, he's probably shitting his pants. Knowing Richie like we know him, he's probably like, oh shit. We don't. He doesn't want Dewey to be involved, probably at that point. Well, he probably has. He probably wants to finally get get him killed. I think Amber wants to kill Dewey. Yeah. But I think he's just about Samantha. Mm. But I don't think because there was a, there was a strong chance that Sidney Prescott was not going to come back and be in this movie. And she's barely in this movie. She doesn't come in until like three quarters of the way in. Yeah, but and you, they had to find a reason to bring her, which we'll get into. Um, but anyways, Samantha's puts up the hard sell on. She's like, hey, help us. Let's do this together. And, and Dewey's like, no. <laughs> so uh, while everyone's together, Dewey decides to help them out. While everyone's together, we find out why Ghostface killed Vince. Related to Stu. To Stu. Stu's nephew. Which means Stu's dead. Which makes me wonder one thing. Why wasn't he a bigger role in this fucking movie? And who the hell was Stu's sister? Yeah, that really. have been a, must have been an older sister because she the wasn't first anywhere movie, in the first movie. Hell no, she we wasn't. Didn't hear about her sleeping quietly in a room while Ghostface is killing everybody at that party in the first. She movie. was probably having premarital sex. Oh wait, Vince would be about that age because she's about the same age as Sam. This is a final confirmation that Stu's not coming back. <laughs> now, what about this scene though in the living room where all the characters are gathered and, and Mindy and just, Mindy just just branding it up. Mindy, who's been spending her whole life on the horror subreddit. Is now gets a chance to show all her horror movie knowledge and gets to like just go over half the audience's head, probably. And <laughs> the audience that understood it, the half, the half that understood it was like, um, yes, this feels as a horror fan who knows this stuff, this feels too meta for me, even. Right. I'm like, ah, this is too much. And, and what's even worse is I think I know they're trying to make her pretty much be the next Randy, but Randy had a lot of personality. That's not just movies. He was yes. your go-to, but he that wasn't his only personality. His personality also focused around wanting to be with Sydney and protecting her, along with keeping himself alive even though he knows he's going to die. Plus, he was unhinged. Every time he started talking about movies and going deep into he it, would go insane. he would go insane and would turn to a big thing. Which M- got him killed. Mindy has that unlikable sort of just calmly... Oh, yeah, we're going to die. Anyways, looks at Samantha like, well, we know the killer is. It's you. <laughs> and what's what's even funnier is even Chad. matter of fact. Is Chad. So I get the feeling Chad somewhat doesn't believe half the stuff she's saying because he just nonchalant goes, oh, that means. What you're talking about, that means me and you are going to die. Yep. Just nonchalant. And him, I can believe. But then Mindy's like, oh, yeah, we're definitely dead. So, like. Yeah, the problem is when things get very meta, you can be meta, but I want to feel like the characters are scared for their lives. I don't want to feel like they're so in on the joke. That they're like, yeah, fuck, we're dead. <laughs> like, it's fine, but then you don't fear for them. You're like, hey, they know they're dead. It's like, so ah! why, should I, why should I care? Why? There's no rep- repercussions about yeah, it. Yeah, there, there's... um, At least there, Amber, who's a psychopath, gives some form of a performance to be like, I don't want to die. Yeah. <laughs> like, we got to care for the characters. If they're too in on it, then it kind of it makes you be like, oh, well, they're... The script isn't making us care for them to live, basically. And something tells me Liv doesn't watch horror movies because she's just sitting there like, 
what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. No, the, the the funniest line, though, in the, the scene was um, was Dewey being like... I shouldn't have come back. <laughs> no, he's like, he's like, like uh, Wes says all this stuff to him. He's like, maybe you are the killer because that, that cut, cut deep. deep. <laughs> <laughs> or better yet, when they mention that the legacy characters, they come back just to die. He's like, I should have just stayed in the trailer. I like how all this bullshit that Minnie's talking about, when she says, like, Sam, you're probably the killer... Sam literally takes it so seriously that she's like, I'm out of here. She gets up and storms off. Like, like yeah, that doesn't tell, like, that, that tells us a lot about you. Like, yeah, like, you took that so seriously. She's like, she's like, fuck this shit, and she leaves. And I'm like, you took that whole speech from Minnie so seriously, do you think she's actually accusing you of being the killer, and you took that so personally, you storm off. Well, how about we get to Wes then going home, Judy's ordering sushi, and then she gets a call from Ghostface halfway down the road. Yeah, this this is actually pretty... I liked it. I thought it was a pretty good scene. I like it. And you know what it is? It's basically a play on the Cotton Weary death scene from mm. part three. Yeah. But I got one problem with this scene. It turned into Psycho? No. He said it was going to be Psycho. <laughs> no, I, love, I love that line, too. She's, she's like, hey, you're probably not even in the house. You ever seen the movie Psycho? Well, that tells me everything I need to know. <laughs> All right. Well, my thing is just this. And maybe this is nitpicky. I don't know. You tell me if it's nitpicky. When Judy finds out that Ghostface is talking to her and her son's been threatened and she starts storming back towards her house. She almost runs somebody over? That, that too. She definitely almost, <laughs> had a ben, she almost had a Ben Willis situation. Um, <laughs> but beyond that, she tells the whole police force, like, come to my house. Everybody come to my house. All right, timer's on. Because she gets home, and we know what happens. She runs up the stairs. We find out. Now, first of all, as a cop, she should have like been a little bit more... Like I guess her mother instincts took over, and her cop training went away because she just ran the house like a um, desperate mom instead of, like, I'm a sheriff with a gun, and I should approach carefully. So, she's like running up the stairs to be killed. Like, just, obviously you're being baited. I just want to say something. For some reason, she does not feel like a cop in this movie. She's supposed to be the sheriff now. But unlike the previous movie, she feels less of a cop and more, as you said, more of a mom. Yeah, but that seems like, any, any cop, think about any cop movie you've ever seen or a cop in a movie. Anytime you're approaching, I don't care if your son's in there, you approach like, Gun drawn cautiously. Well, she's running the stairs. Like, well, let's like, go ahead and look at a lethal weapon for that matter. Murtaugh's daughter was threatened and kidnapped, but before she, but before he knew she was kidnapped, they didn't. They went there. Yeah, they kicked down the door, but they were still cautious going through the house. Yeah, you. She's running to the house. I'm like, you're pretty sure Ghostface is there. Like, withdraw your gun and approach slowly. She should already know that she's being baited, first of all. Well, yeah, but I will say the scene, what I like about the scene is the fact that when he finally, when he calls her back, he just went, yeah, they're not going to get here in time, are they? You're not going to get here in time. And he's just constantly just baiting her and baiting her. And finally, she's like, please don't kill him. He's just, he's just an innocent boy. It's like, I don't care. <laughs> I'll tell you what. This is a brutal death. Oh, yeah. Now, he stabs her. Well, she. she. She starts to fight back. And she does hold him off for a second, but he makes the she makes the brilliant move of doing just, the hand thing. Yeah, just slamming the second hand. But damn, did he have to stab her 18 times? 
See how fucked up. I feel like that's kind of a. Even though no one likes the movie, that's I feel like that's an homage to Halloween 2 Rob Zombie version because whenever Michael Myers killed anyone in that movie, it was always with like 20 stabs and you can hear the bones breaking every single stab. Man. And no matter what you can say about those movies, that was probably the most brutal Michael Myers because he, oh, yeah. he just killed people just like die, die. Yeah, it can be too much. I mean, this... This wasn't, even though it was a lot of stabs, this wasn't overly gory. Mm. It's just a lot of stabs. But, damn. Still, gotta, what did most Amber people, have most against people, his mother? Most people like Judy Hicks. So that's, a, that's a tough Yeah, what did Amber have against Judy? I don't know. Um, so, okay, but. Wes's death. It's very well set up because you see all the the fake jump scares or the... The things that throw you off, how he's opening all the right, doors. Right, and you just hear the... The music builds up, and... And then he closes it, and it's like, oh. Okay, we're getting it out. Yeah, that was pretty fun, because they're basically telling the audience, shut the fuck up, we know what you're thinking, but... It's not happening. It's going to happen when we want it to happen. And then it happens really predictably. You're like, oh, we hear the door open. Ghostface was outside, he just walked in. Because now he has the keys to the house, because he just killed Judy. Yes, now, Wes calmly approaches... Shuts and locks the door. Turns around. Ghostface is right there. Now, now, all right. So you got to how walk, does Amber you have, have to walk me power? walk me through this straight up his strength versus her strength. Who's gonna win? And do literally lets this girl. Are we sure this is not Richie? Because I've no. I feel like Richie could overpower him. But Richie, how the hell did Richie is Amber? not the one to kill Judy that way at all? Come on. <laughs> Everything we know about Richie is he's not the one to violently stab. Judy 18 times. Yep. This is definitely Amber. But, and, hey, it's going to happen again with Dewey, so this is just the prelude to that. But, okay, if you're going to be bold, like, okay, this teen girl is, is that, w- would she even try the kill where she's like, okay, hey, I'm going to kill him through a test of strength. My <laughs> strength versus him. That's fucking bold. And then she slowly wins. I'm just like, dude. How weak are you? Well, at this point, we don't know who the killer is, so it's where it's like, oh yeah, some guy is forcing himself on him. But I'm like, in retrospect, you're like, dude. And also, <sighs> by the way, use your feet, kicker. Right. Use your legs. But instead, hey, he's trying to reach for the taser that he can't reach. It's like, okay, you can't reach the taser. What's your next option? Uh, get your feet, bud. I know your hair shows that you're not smart, but you got your feet, bud. Yeah, that was a brutal death scene. But again. Going back to what I said, okay, uh, at this point, 10 minutes ago, Judy called all forces to come to her house, <laughs> the entire cop force. And sounded scared. And so Woodsboro's urgent. A, a small town, 10 minutes, so while that's happening, Ghostface is taking his time to stalk Wes and let Wes do all this stuff, and I just, at a certain point, I'm like, okay, you killed Judy in broad daylight, that itself was pretty bold, uh-huh. but... Why did it take not like no cops showed up in the next 12 minutes after we saw her all cops come to my house? That, that makes no sense. So what I think it is. That's stupid. Is uh, the cops actually hated Judy. As a <laughs> Somebody was the dude that arrived first. Like, hmm, I'm next. I'm next in line to be sheriff. Let me go ahead. And let Ghostface take him out. <laughs> right. But but but, you know, that's that's the writing where it's like, OK, all you got to do is remove her saying that. Mm-hmm. Just take that out. And then the, uh, logically, everything's fine. It makes sense. But don't have to be like, shit's going down, everybody in my house. And then slow death scene in the West at the house <laughs> where the cops should be pulling up and nothing happens for 10 minutes. 
just bad writing. Just take that one thing, line, line out, and you're good to go. So guess who else is in this movie? There's one more character to introduce. Gale. I was hoping to say Joel the cameraman. No. He came back just leaving the cab again. Be like, well, came back too soon. I'm out of here. No. Gail yeah. Weathers. Gail Weathers. She got another book, right? Yes. She doing her hair. Well, she's 90% worried about Dewey. In which case we find out Dewey, that they actually at some point between four and this movie moved to New York so Gail can be who she is. And then Dewey's like, yeah, this ain't for me. And in the middle of the night, packed up his shit and left. Man, he's a dick husband. Look, I know why she really came back. She came back to laugh. She came back to laugh at the dead body of Judy Hicks. Yeah. She never liked Judy Hicks. The fact that she shows up she conveniently. Never liked the she sensed, squares. Wherever she was, she sensed that, hey, summer Judy Hicks just got killed. She just got fucked up. She got in her car, drove her to see the dead body. She never liked them lemon squares. They taste like shit. Did you see the lemon, the lemon squares reference? <laughs> it was on the fridge. Wes, lemon squares are in the fridge. <laughs> I do wonder. I do wonder also, the same thing with Vincent, if you could have gotten more out of the West character. He was actually connected to Tara and Sam in a way it seemed that the other characters weren't. Well, to be honest with you, when you find out that he liked Tara, all that really tells me is he was going to die because that's the new trope. The boyfriend, uh, the soon-to-be boyfriend of our main character is going to die. Yeah. You can't have that couple interaction anymore because, hell, Leprechaun's over with. They're not doing another Leprechaun movie. Can't have couples surviving anymore. Yeah, but... I still, I feel like, I mean, the dude was a decent actor, too. It just felt like you could probably got, could have got more out of that. But I understand the shock value Like, of, give him an actual way to defend himself against a five-foot-three little girl? Well, it could have been, actually, <laughs> that the whole plan was just to lure the sheriff and kill Judy Hicks. And then leave Wes alive? Honestly. Until he tries to do something? You kind of feel bad. In one way, good for Wes, though. Sympathetic to him, though. At least he didn't... The worst thing I could think of, like, he, if he would have found his mom's dead body and then got killed. Mm. Well, all he had hey, to do was open the fucking door. <laughs> I feel bad for his mom. But at the same time, it's like neither of them knew if the other one had been killed or not. So, the worst thing if they would have both saw each other dying or something like that. But, yeah, but, yeah. So, let's get to the second, or I guess third hospital scene where Tara... Too many damn... This, there's too many hospital scenes. Well, in this case, we're getting Tara's making a run for it or a ride for it. <laughs> Which oh, case? Well. Hey, by the way, again, tell me I'm not lying. This is the fucking hospital from Halloween too. <laughs> Where I know there's just one security guard here. Where's everybody? And on the, the floor? security guard's dead, by the way. Yeah, but where's the rest of the people on the floor? Where's so, the doctor's nurses? The reason I mentioned the hand thing is because so obviously because the blade went through the hand, she had to get stitches in the hand. So while she's sitting there trying to get out of there with the wheel with the wheelchair, the stitches opened up in her hand, making the hand bleed even Oof. more. Definitely in a lot of pain. And then Ghostface, you know, slowly walking towards her. After Ghostface stat slices Richie but doesn't kill him. How convenient. Yeah. So anyway, she. So she's slowly getting there. Ghostface is slowly walking because Sam called. Was it Richie's phone? Yes. Sam calls Richie's phone, talks to him. And and, and Ghostface, a.k.a. Amber, turns on the voice changer. And which this is the first time we actually 
legitimately see someone turn on the voice changer while in the ghost face mask. Yeah, and that's always been a point of contention of like people always wonder like, where are they keeping that thing? Yeah, how is that happening? <laughs> like, do they just keep pulling it out? Because technically, Ghostface never talks when actually on screen. Mostly, you notice that whenever a character like does a thing like that with the thing and talks, it always doesn't quite sound like Ghostface. It sounds kind of muffled. It does. But then in the mask, it sounds perfectly like Ghostface voice, right? Anyways, that doesn't make sense. But so, anyways, Ghostface, aka Amber, actually asks Samantha, "Hey, I'll give you a choice." Richie or your sister? I can't decide. But I asked, what if, what if Samantha would be like, Richie, kill Richie, kill Richie. And Ghost was like, you have to choose. Richie, I'm telling you, Richie, choose wisely. Richie, kill Richie. What would, what would Amber have done if she said to kill her partner in crime? Poor Richie. Something tells me Amber would have done it. Turn around and be like, hey, Richie, I'm sorry, man. <laughs> and Richie's like, this is not a part of the plan. Well, too bad. Fake your death. No, she need. They need each other. So I still feel like Amber, being a psychopath, would have fucking done it. So we get this funny moment here where the Samantha is like acting all like like pleading like, no, don't do it, blah blah blah. But then she tries to pull the gotcha moment. She's like, oh, I forget what she said, but it was something like maybe we were just trying to lure stall you for time. Just stall for time. Elevator opens and Dewey starts shooting. But I would have laughed if... So Samantha's like being all bold and trying to pull the gotcha, but she can't actually physically see that Tara and Ghostface are in the hallway there. So what the hell? What if she opened the elevator, walked out, and Ghostface was gutting Tara and and sliced her throat or or if they weren't there? First, I just want to mention, again, I still like how this Ghostface just straight up told Sam, you are a horrible sister. You can't even decide to kill your boyfriend to save your sister, or you're a horrible girlfriend because you can't decide to save your si- kill your sister to save your boyfriend. Yeah, but yeah, <laughs> but that said, Amber is a horrible friend. So there, she's killing our friends. That's fair. Hypocrit- but, hypocritical Amber. I, but I still, I still kind of like that line. But another yeah, thing, true. it could just be because Roger L. Jackson's voice. Well, look, Samantha should have very quickly said Richie. Yeah, but she's only known him six months. How, how do you even like? contend like hey my sister richie you know in six months well i mean to be fair she did leave tara when she was eight when she was 13 yeah but that's because Bill but, Bill so. yeah but anyway so to answer your question on how she knew where ghostface was is because since they had to wait for the elevator to come down i hate you them, already <laughs> i hate your guts go ahead so because they had to wait for the elevator to come down to pick them up. Don't do it. The Don't front say it. desk had because all hospitals have cameras. Don't do it. The front desk has the cameras on the monitor. Don't do this to yourself. Don't say it. They looked at the camera and said, "Oh, they're in the hallway." Guys, you you can really see why we can't do the fan fiction. <laughs> and then you you let you let Nick write this movie. We going off the rails like completely, all <laughs> right? So Ghostface has a motorcycle fight with Ghostface. The funny thing is, when Dewey comes out, starts shooting, gets into a, a physical altercation with Ghostface. Kicks her ass. Sort um, of. Sort of. At least, at least when, at least this is the first sign of, oh, this is a little girl, because she tried her thing with him. Mm. The thing she tried, she did and with Judy And it Hicks, didn't work. And he's like, not today. What the hell is Richie doing? Uh, uh, crying that he was cut. Ah, 
he's leaving with Sam. And I'm thinking, uh, your partner in crime is getting killed by Dewey here. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> well, then Dewey runs to the elevator just to then walk back. What the hell, Dewey? Dead in front of her. And then he gets a phone call. Now, before I say who called, which we will find out in a second, what would have been brilliant and made so much sense if for some reason Richie had called to check on him or like, hey, so did you kill him? Yeah, that would have made... That, <laughs> that would have been amazing, even though maybe in the moment you're like, oh, fucking Richie's not a killer. But in hindsight, that would have been a lot of sense. But luckily for Amber, fucking Gail called. Yeah. Or, I mean, Rich, if Richie's the one doing most of the calls... He could have his phone, which he would have then done in front of his girlfriend. That's where it's tricky. At that point, he has to choose between save Amber or just become a normal boyfriend now and let go of his whole plan to kill. Yeah, but since his phone apparently can clone other phones, all he had to do was clone Gail's phone number. Yeah, but he would have never known to do that ahead of time. He probably would. He Plus, how would he even know Gail's phone number? Gail's like a celebrity in a different town now, so think about it. I mean, he was at his house. There could have been a a missed scene where he actually grabbed a hold of Dewey's phone and got her number from that. Nah, Dewey kicked his ass. His phone, Dewey Dewey's phone was right on the counter. They're sitting down on his couch in one scene, though. Dewey kicked his ass. Dewey would have kicked his ass. He didn't <laughs> let him outside. Either way. I'm, either okay, way, my, so. here's my thing. This is a very convenient thing because even though Dewey walked back stupidly, the bottom line is he's standing over a fallen ghost face with a gun in his hand aimed. There's no way this scene should end with Dewey getting fucked up the way he did. Well, he did. His and phone it, rang. He 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 uh he looks down for one second, and Ghostface like motherfucking Spider-Man jumps out <laughs> like a Marvel superhero with with the knife. And Amber missed her call on uh the the track team and uh the jumping jumping jump rope or cheerleading something because she jumped up like the fucking Flash and stabbed him and happened to have a second knife also. Which I want to bring up. This is the only kill in the entire franchise with Ghostface using two knives. She's seen all the stab movies. She knows that one knife with Dewey can't get it done. Yeah, so... You gotta, which, you gotta gut the man, otherwise... Which, I, again, I actually really thought this scene was really good. It was nice and dramatic. I like Dewey when, finally dies. I like when the phone rings and he smiles because he sees Gail calling. Mm. I wouldn't be smiling if I was getting gutted. But, yeah, yeah but, I, but still, he's... Uh, I like it. It was a really good scene. It was a dramatic scene because even if you didn't like Dewey because of his ridiculousness throughout the entire series, there's still that attachment to the character, especially in this movie because he actually did an amazing job in this movie. Yeah, I would say even, even if you felt a certain way about his goofiness in the early movies, in this movie he felt way more grounded. He felt more seasoned. Um, felt more like he should have felt by part three, at least. Just David Arquette, Arquette felt like a better actor in this movie than he did in previous movies. There's a lot of like facial expressions and the way he spoke his dialogue. Everything was a little bit better than he's ever been in the past. And at this point in the movie, he was the only real legacy character that she felt a connection to because Gail just came back in one scene and we haven't seen Sydney yet. So, so even though it was a good death scene, it was kind of like, damn, Dewey's gone. Pretty sure the second half of the movie is not going to be as good as the first half was now. Well, Sydney's back. Brilliant. The she only comes back because the only thing that would make her come back to Woodsboro is Dewey's death. Even though Dewey told her Don't on come the back. phone, no matter what happens, even if Ghostface guts me like a fish, do not come back to Woodsboro. And here she comes. And hey, 
Why not send Mark, the police officer, instead of you, Sydney? You married a cop for a reason. Send him to come. I wonder how he felt about her because going back to Because Patrick Dempsey probably wasn't... They, they probably didn't have enough money for Patrick Dempsey. Oh, he's going to be the next one. No, nah, probably not. Either way. McDreamy is what they call him. <laughs> Either way. So Sam and Tara decided to do the one thing that characters never do in horror movies. Except Joel. Can't remember part two. Yeah. Leave. Hell yeah. Let's get out of town, baby. But instead, they go to Amber's house. <laughs> okay. Ter- well, all right. This, <laughs> this really annoyed me. So Richie's driving. Yes. They're all going out of town. They're headed towards I-95. You see the exit ramp. They're one second away from being on track to motherfucking Canada. Mm-hmm. Getting out of the country. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you got to... You gotta treat Ghostface like it's the fucking killer from It Follows. You gotta mm-hmm. drive across to a different country. Yes. He's walking towards you. Yes. But somebody in the car has asthma. <laughs> Tara. And Which it was established in earlier scenes, including yes. the potential of the very first scene we see her in. It looks like she's having an asthma attack in her panic state. Yes. So, okay. There's two things happening that both I'm not sure make so much sense. Let's cut, cut away from them in the car for a second. Meanwhile, somewhere, Amber's having a party. Yes. A big party. Yes. With everything going on, they're having a monster party. Yes. The first movie did it. And they've seen the first stab movie, clearly. <laughs> the first movie did it. And... Mindy's at the party. Chad's at the party. Mindy's lesbian. Liv's at the party. Oliver here's at this party. Yep. Fair. Um, Chad, uh, Liv at, told Chad, hey, we should go upstairs and have sex. And Chad just just does an extremely smart thing and goes, that's a bad idea. What if you're the killer? And then she gets pissed off and leaves. I like Chad more and more as the movie goes on. Honestly, everything he says is right on point. Honestly, if your girlfriend in this situation that y'all are, that y'all find yourselves in, gets pissed off that you don't know who the killer is and you don't want to be left alone with someone that you're not entirely sure about. Plus, you know, that situation, if you go upstairs and have sex, you're more than likely to get killed. Yeah. That's, that's horror movie one-on-one. Yeah. So, so but, okay. So wait a minute. Okay. So that's a, the inhaler thing. All right. So this is not a necessarily a. This is not, oh shit, this plan has to have a lot of things go right to make it work. The high point, as we know, will always be Ben Willis, and I still know what he did last summer, where the killer concocts the most crazy plan that still somehow comes true and puts our victims in peril. So that's like, say, the highest point. That's the 10, right? This is not even maybe like a 7 or 8. I'll give this like a 6, but we'll call it the inhaler plan. The plan had the inhaler plan. The the idea that she doesn't have her inhaler, she's gonna remember that she needs her inhaler, and the only place she can get it is to stop at Amber's house where our killers need her to be. The problem is they're in this car driving. Richie's happily about to hit that exit ramp to go towards Canada, not saying a damn thing. And she's like, hey. Oh, oh no, he is saying something. Uh, she, she's like, hey, we need my inhaler. It's at Amber's house. Well, what's the address? The ad- And Richie d- does say, the address is 123 no fucking way lane. <laughs> Richie's ass is like arguing against it. How does that make any sense? 
<laughs> Nick, actually, tell me. Wouldn't you, if you're like in the backyard driving, like, shit, I really need to get us to, to Amber's house. He's thinking that. And that comes up. And you're like, fuck no, we're not doing that. <laughs> How does that make any sense? I understand that, again, He's everything's to, to throw off suspicion. And even that's supposed to make us as an audience be like, maybe that's the only reason. We're supposed to be like, you know, Richie really doesn't want to go in the house, man. He's not the killer. <laughs> but if you're Richie and you're in the car with just them two, the, rea- the right reaction would be like, all right. If you need your inhaler, but let's make it quick. Come on. Exactly. And, the, and you let Samantha be the one to be like, no, let's not do it. But him, him being like, fuck no, there's no way you're getting me to pull over. Under no circumstance are we going to Amber. Like, but she could die. Okay, fine. Fine. And, and do they know that Amber's having a party? No. What the hell? Because they get there. Uh, they haven't talked to Amber and told them they're leaving town? Nope. Because uh, they get there. They're getting the... Amber takes Tara to go get the inhaler, and they end the party. Oh, no. leaves. Well, yeah. Well, who ends... Chad is attacked. Who ends the party, though? Let's be clear. Amber Amber and and Richie. Richie Richie specifically tells everybody to leave. Now, if there's a kid on the loose, right? And let's say shit's going down at the house. The safest thing for everybody is to keep a big party happening. Yes. Nobody's going to attack with 50 people there. Yes. But uh, let's go ahead and get to Chad being attacked, because I guess Amber didn't like Chad. Or maybe Amber liked Chad too much that uh, she would have rather dated Chad instead of live dating him. Because first she stabs him in the uh, femoral artery, which he could have easily bled out. Yes. And then she stabs him, what, three or four times? A lot. Either way, she... That that was a death scene. She did (laughs) not like Chad at all. I don't understand. I mean... How Chad's still alive? We're going to cut to like a half an hour later in a minute. (laughs) <laughs> when Chad's being pulled up, but the man was probably laying there for a good 34 minutes bleeding out, and he got stabbed maybe five times. Yep, and literally one of those stabs was his femoral artery, which is a major artery where if it's cut, you might as well be dead. Well, we might, we might as well go and reveal right now. What happened was the directors ended up liking the actor a lot, Yep. and they came out and said, hey, once we met the actor, we liked him a lot, we said, hey, we're going to film that scene at the end also, like Wes did with Dewey in the first one, about him being alive, and then we'll figure out if you want to use that or not. So there's, there's, a, there's a scenario where his character's dead and a scenario where he's alive, and they ended up using the one where he's alive. Yeah, so pretty much what we're going to assume is Chad is going to be the next Dewey. Mindy is the next Randy, which means Mindy's going to die in the next, next movie. I don't think so. I think they'll actually go against that because it'd be, it'd be too predictable. That's why they would do it, because everyone's expecting it to be too predictable, so they're going to be do the predictable way, because no one's going to expect the predictable way. Are you saying that by being, by being predictable, the unpredictable becomes predictable? Exactly. So what if they know that you're thinking that, so the predictable becomes unpredictable, becomes predictable, comes back to being unpredictable, back to predictable, and thus Mindy lives? Yeah, yeah, too yeah. Too predictable. Infinity, huh? Yeah. Too predictable. <laughs> Plus... I don't know who actually likes Mindy, but she's pretty dry character for a Randy knockoff. She's too much of a character. The problem is, all these all the scenes with her at the party, she, it's too meta. She's too much of a, a horror movie person. There's nothing else going on with her. To a point where she's not even worried about what's going on around her. She doesn't care. She's watching her movie. She's in her own world. It's then like, she gets attacked. Yeah, even she, until she gets attacked, I'm just like, my God, like, does nothing, like, throw this girl off? Like, she's, Though, I do, li- do kind of like the realization, because she's sitting there screaming at the movie, Randy, he's behind you, Turner! 
Oh. Well, that was brilliant. <laughs> that was actually a lot of fun. Even though, I don't know if you pay attention, the actor playing Randy on the scene was horrible. <laughs> that looked nothing like Randy. And the acting was, maybe the stab movies are supposed to have like the worst acting ever. But that was so off that it threw me off. But that was meta. So there, you're watching... You're watching a movie where the character's watching a movie, watching a movie. It's really, yeah, that that was a good job to do that. So Mendy is attacked. But unfortunately, he doesn't kill her. <laughs> yep. She, uh, Liv, so all the characters now converge in the living room. And I just want to talk about Me- the ghost face running from Mendy's body because it kind of makes no sense. Yep. As, as we've kind of established, Amber was with Tara. What was Tara doing that Amber had the time to put on Ghostface costume, come out to the living room, stand there for a good 30 seconds, attack Mindy, run back, somehow get undressed in like 30 seconds, and then meet up with Tara? Or was this one actually Richie that attacked her? I don't know. I I still stand by the idea for me. I don't think Richie's ever Ghostface. But, and Richie comes back with a beer in his hand, which suggests that he was actually, well, he actually went to get a beer. So it's Which, weird. if he changed into the Ghostface outfit in the basement, slowly came back up the basement, he probably put the beer on the counter in the kitchen. So that way when he ran and got undressed, which still is an amazing amount of time, because that's still 30 seconds. <laughs> actually, it's shorter for him. Because <laughs> the beer falls on the floor, which is what gets Amber and Tara into the room. Anything's possible. It could be a callback to there was, there's one scene in part four where Jill wears the ghost face costume. So it's possible. I mean, Jill, who didn't kill anybody in part four, she wore, she was wearing the ghost face costume one time in that movie. Maybe Richie, this one time wore the go, this ghost face costume as well, but duh. Okay, well, we do get a great, great, great scene of Sidney Prescott and Gail arriving. <laughs> Tara, Tara running out on the front porch. Amber. Air, Amber running out on the front porch. Help, I've yeah. been, help, I've been attacked. I've been it's attacked. so bloody. Everything, everyone's dead. Are you buying this? Nope. Oh, fuck, fuck this. <laughs> that was good. That was, that was actually pretty damn good. Well, how good was her aim? She shot, she shot, <laughs> she shot Gail in the ribs in one shot. Right. <laughs> I just, I just love how both Gail and Sydney look at each other. It's like, nah. I do have a question, though. Uh-oh. So Amber shoots Gail in the stomach. Yes. And runs back in the house. Yes. Gail and, and, and Nev re, re-discuss the new plan where uh, Gail, or where Nev is going to, I'm calling her Ned, where Sydney is going to go in the house and take care of Ghostface. Yes. At this specific point in time, now knowing what they know, and, and, would it make, not make sense at this point for them to call the cops to come to the house? Nah. Do they not have cell phones? Well, remember how long it took them to get to Judy's house? No, 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 no. How long do you think it's no, going no, to no, take no. the cops to get to damn no, middle no, no. of bumfuck nowhere? No, no, you can still go do your thing, Sydney. Go in there, do your thing. But why not call the cops and tell them to come? How, does, does that hurt to call them? As I said before. Any, any, no, this is stupid. You should have called the cops. It took them forever to get to Judy's. What makes you I'm think not, they're going to get there in time? I'm not, no, no, I'm not saying that they're relying on them. Because as, the cops aren't going to be there. As you're walking in, just be like, hey, 
Get your, get your asses over as soon as possible. They're all probably at damn Judy's grave. <laughs> hey, no, it's like, they finally just arrived at Judy's house. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> they just got to Judy's house right now. Hey, we're here. But no, no, you're not getting my point, though. My point is just this. It's not like it hurts to be like, hey, I'm going in there. Yes, I'm going to go do my thing. It'd be nice, though, if the cops maybe do show up, though. Who knows? Maybe they will. They won't. This whole movie makes no sense. At all points here, somebody should have called the cops to come in the house. Whether, um, especially the whole time where Sydney and Gail were on the way to the house, they should have called the cops to also come. Who says they didn't? We just didn't get that scene. The cops never show up, man. <laughs> no, they do at the end. <laughs> One hour as later. I t- as I told you, they don't matter. Sydney goes through the house, shooting every door known to fucking man. What would happen if she shot Tara? She could have. Instead, she shoots Richie in the leg. Which is funny because literally, so I think basically that that was Richie probably talking to her on the phone. Yeah. Don't so you know right before she killers? shoots him, he probably throws the, right before she shoots him, she probably, probably he threw the phone or something. He well, the phone it. was right there next to her. Yeah, it was pretty clear. This whole <laughs> time I'm thinking Richie's the fucking killer. <laughs> but especially when she shoots him, now I'm like even more positive. I'm like, that was fucking Richie on the phone. And then Amber attacks. They fall down. They go into the kitchen because they want their big climax. Cindy tries to go for the gun. Amber stabs Cindy. Or Sydney. Cindy. <laughs> Sydney. Well, Cindy gets stabbed, but and Gail gets shot. But by the end of the movie, they both feels like they're they're both okay. So. Well, that's because now they're... Flesh wounds, I guess. Well, I guess that's because they have to get into a physical fist fight with this chick that beats them both until they finally just say, fuck it, and shoot her. She could have been in prison like Stu and been all right. So. <laughs> yeah, that's the sixth movie, Stu and Amber. She, she could have, they could have shared a cell together. Imagine, well, for one, they, that wouldn't be able to because Stu's a dude and Amber's a chick. Um, also, imagine that movie of Stu and Amber, both extremely psychotic people, no mastermind. By the way, this actress, she got burned alive in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Now she's burned <laughs> alive again. Why she keep taking roles? She get burned alive. I guess she likes being on fire. This girl is on, on fire. fire. <laughs> I was just thinking that. <laughs> Either way, so we get Sid and Gale versus Amber, which we just talked about, and Sam versus Richie. Rich. Richie must be the use, the most useless person in the world. You'd think. He's so harmless. He came and kill his girlfriend. You'd think Richie would have a little bit more power to him. He doesn't look like that. I mean, he's scrawny and all, but he still doesn't look like that weak of a dude. Yeah, but he allows them to get thrown down the stairs together. In which case, then, uh, when he finally grabs Sam to what, shoot her in the face, she yeah. grabbed a hold of the, but- the hunter's knife. Yeah, but but he takes like five minutes to approach her, and he's still giving his stupid speech. Well, that's the problem. Stop giving Bond speeches, and maybe the villains win. It was set up in a bad way, because he's just like, you know when like someone you know, this is such a trope when the hero like hero's like you forgot one thing and then Vilker's like what's that and then they do something it's, it's the same that happens like you forgot one no. thing oh what's that stab in the fucking throat no That's this one is. was uh I'm making up my own rules yeah what's that don't fuck with the daughter of a serial killer oh god <laughs> what kind of line is that and this again I'm cringing when they're showing Billy in the mirror. <laughs> I'm just cringing. I'm like, could we have done this ending without the Billy? Did, did you notice Billy the, uh, the, song, the sound they were using when she was stabbing Richie all those times? Mm. It was the psycho sound. Oh, man. 
Yeah, when she was stabbing him, they were using the psycho sound. I bet you Richie wasn't expecting to get fucked up like that. Yeah, right? And he's just like, wait, wait. And she's like, what? What about my ending? It's like, oh, here's your damn ending. Richie was pathetic, man. I'm telling you, I don't think it killed anybody's ghost face. <laughs> At the end, just when he revealed himself, he couldn't do anything right. Terrible. So Mindy and Chad are alive. Yes. And also, the ghost of Billy, I'm assuming, is very proud that his daughter is not a killer. Even though I, I think that... She is. This arc is headed towards her Sam slowly becoming a killer? It depends on if she gets off her psychosomatics drug thing, or, or anti-psychotic drugs, and just listens to her dad the entire time, because then, yeah, she's going to be the killer by the end of it. I, I feel like it's almost too predictable, though. Maybe they won't go that route. Because well, remember, what's predictable is unpredictable. We didn't even talk about the fact that Tara was there at the end. <laughs> we, we did not mention Tara. The only thing Tara did she was... She beat uh, Amber's ass for a second. <laughs> with, with a cane before Amber you know, said, fuck this, and threw her over the couch. And yeah. then just let her go. Yeah, why didn't Amber kill her then? Or at least have Amber going to her and then like Sydney or Gail tackling her. Maybe yeah. they should have just killed Amber the same way they killed Stu in the first movie. Yeah. Oh, wait. TVs are not like they were in the old days. Tara's the MVP for doing anything as bad as bad of condition she was in. She still got some good hits in there. Oh, yeah. So that right. is Scream 2022 yeah. categories. All right. Best <clears throat> performance. I got... So for me, it's between... David Arquette and Jenny Ortega. Mm -hmm. But because it's his last movie, I'm going to give it to David Arquette because I feel like they're probably going to feature Jenny Ortega more in the next movie. And so far, she gives good performances in all the movies she's in. But this was a standout for David Arquette. And of the legacy characters, he definitely had the biggest role, the most impact, and the best death scene. A brutal one. And also, like I said, he, he had some funny, funny lines too. So I'm going to go out of left field. I'm going to say Amber. Oh, there you she go. played a crazy person amazingly. I mean. I, I, I would love to see. I need to see an interview with the actress because I feel like <laughs> she's crazy in all her movies. I don't understand. She plays the crazy person amazingly. She looks the part, plays the part well. I actually get the feeling she probably, that she couldn't overpower Wes, but at the same time probably could. If she really wanted to. No. Because Wes is a don't, scrawny little shit. No, he's, don't do it, though. No. She's five I'm, foot three <laughs> off 90 pounds, all right? Well, I'm trying to explain why, how the fuck she was able to overpower him so easily. If you watch the Dewey scene, I know you, <laughs> she did for a minute whoop Dewey's ass. Yeah, but he was never that good of a fighter. He got his ass kicked to Roman. Then again, Roman kicked everyone's ass. Roman's a big ass dude. <laughs> Roman will kick our asses. And... Roman kicked everybody's ass. And he's telepathic, dude. <laughs> 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 he could teleport. So either way, so I'm giving it to Amber just for her insane acting. She's amazing. She was. She was. Uh, she was. A, I. I'm pretty sure she was a fan of like Stu or Matthew Lillard because her over the topness was like very similar to um, uh, which kind of Stu's over the top, which is why. I, I actually would not mind if she did live. It, just leave her with the burn marks instead of killing her the way they did. Leave her with the burn marks and then have her and Stu with the you know crushed face because of the TV marks. Have them both as the killers in the next one. 
that would be a that'd probably be a pretty brutal movie. They went to great lengths to make sure that she's dead. Yeah. She can't come back from what happened to her. Um, all right. Worst performance for me, it is the actress that plays Samantha. And it's gonna lead into what my worst scenes are too in a minute, but just the moments she has to be dramatic, I don't buy it. She gives these monologues when she's giving that speech about how she found out about her the mom and dad and all that stuff. It's just terrible. She didn't sound genuine. She didn't sound genuine, but also like just throughout the movie, she really can't emote properly, facial expressions wise. But also, uh, not all in her though. Her character wasn't written very well either though. She's just kind of there. It's just if you take away the Billy Loomis thing, there's really nothing there that we get to know about her. So for me, it's going to be Mindy because at the end of the day, she's supposed to, in a sense, be our Randy, but the hell no, but there uh, could, it's obviously the writing. I'm sure the actress is amazing. It could most likely the writing, but the actress that played uh, Mindy did not give us a Randy level performance when this is supposed to be our makeshift Randy. There's no becoming Randy. But she still needs to play the part of the movie buff, give us an actual character for her, and give us a reason to care about her. Whereas, like I said, with Randy, we felt for him because he knew he was going to be fucked, and he <laughs> he did everything he could to make sure he was either alive or at least got the girl at some point. Yeah. Well, I mean, like I said, you're right. It was clearly him. Clearly, they're always trying to fill in the Randy void. And this is clearly another attempt. You saw it a little bit in part three with Tyson, the black dude. Mm-hmm. And um, in part four, you had uh, Charlie and his friend trying to kind of do... But they got to let it go. But it's part of the Scream universe where they have to have a character be like meta, explain the rules and stuff like that. Uh, I, and that's fine to me, but they got they they need to add in the next one, they need to make sure to add more to her character yeah, because, and not have her be just that. Yeah, because at the very least with Tyson from part three, he had a character to him. Yeah. With Charlie and his friend, they still had a semblance of characters to them. This one, it was just her only character was being the movie buff. And if yeah. that, they were trying to imitate Randy, they failed in that regard. Big time. Um, I still think she was bad as Samantha, but... <laughs> I mean... But it's the same, but hey, they were both pretty I'm, much... I'm trying to go off of who technically pissed me off more. That's fair. And again, I can't... It could... Sam's acting wasn't that great, but the way they wrote Mindy's just pissed me off more than Sam's acting. That's fair. Um, okay, best scene? Best scene. Dewey's death. It was dramatic. It was intense. And also, I just love seeing the visual of Ghostface standing there with two knives. That was pretty cool. I'm going to go actually with, I'm going to combine, I'm going to treat Judy and Wes's thing as one scene, basically. And that is one sequence. It's probably a top five sequence in the Scream series. Runner-up, though, actually, that that opening scene, though, with Jenny Ortega. (laughs) Because that's, that's, I'll be able to go back and watch that scene a lot, too, so. All right, well. What would you like? No, no, we're, we're seeing. We're seeing. We're seeing. Easy for me. In the hospital, Sam and Tara and Sam's giving that long speech about how she found out about the whole Billy Loomis thing. And it's just a long, mo- it's a long monologue that slows the movie down. She's not selling it with her facial expressions. The only thing we have to hold on to is uh, Jenny Ortega giving good facial expressions and making us care about it a little bit. But just... 
a weird soap opera soap opera type scene for a screen movie. So for me, it's the basement scene with Amber and Mindy. <laughs> because again, I mean, yes, meta. We, we know about Amber metaverse, but still, <laughs> why would Mindy? How, I mean, we never really see them interact as friends. So why would Mindy give two flying fucks about Amber going into her own basement by herself? You not knowing who the killer is yourself, you knowing is most likely one of your friends. So you go down to the basement with probably the only friend who is insane. That scene looks so stupid hindsight because for many, it's like, yo, that was the actual killer you approached. <laughs> and then on their side for Amber, why didn't you just kill Minnie right there? And all, You'd be like, oh, you're being you're so smart, huh? Well, I am the killer and stab her in the neck or something. Well, and the other thing is, is again, every single thing out of Mindy's mouth is another movie buff thing. It's like It's like literally like it's like your whole life is this though? Like, like there's nobody in real life who oh, every time their mouth opens, a movie buff comes out. It's like no one Yeah. Does. It's like And if she was that smart about it, she would not be at this party. Exactly. She would know that this is probably where shit's gonna go down. Mm-hmm. So the even the awareness thing, I would like someone to ask Mindy, like, hey, did you see the sports game last night? And just see like does she even uh, does she know there's this thing as sports like anything? <laughs> right. Anything is just outside of the stab movies for her? Damn. Or actually shows some form of care for her brother. One little line of "Where's my brother?" It's like yeah, that, that you sold that very well. Lady. That's the thing too. She's so meta that she can't really emote. It's, so it's like uh, we can't care for your safety if you don't act scared at least sometimes. Yeah. So like I said, the basement scene for me was the worst one. There's no way that's as bad as. That horrible speech from Sam, though. You watch them back and back. At least one has some entertaining dialogue. The Sam scene will put you to sleep. It didn't have entertaining dialogue. It had cringy dialogue. I was sitting there like, shut the fuck up and just move on. That's how I felt, too. <laughs> All right, what was the... Um... Uh, what would you like to change? Hmm, Honestly, it would be uh, change the main character from Sam to Tara. Yeah, and I would actually... Get rid of Billy Ghost, because I well, think I, I think it would have done Samantha's character better to not have any Billy Loomis thing going on there. Yeah, well, don't try to humanize Billy Loomis and make him feel like he's a part of the good guys team. Well, then again, if we get if we change the main character from Sam to Tara, then we don't get Billy Ghost because only Sam sees Billy Ghost. That's fine. I just think you should have no Billy Ghost. And also, know. Jenna Jenna Ortega is just a better actress. Hundred percent. Hundred percent, and I think in the next movie they'll feature Jenny Ortega more because Nat, hopefully she doesn't get fucked up in the beginning like she did in this one. Maybe Sam gets fucked up and they have to follow Jenna Ortega to find out who did that. No, I think Sam's either going to be the killer or she'll still be featured heavily, but they're not going to kill her. Either way, so final thoughts. It was a good movie. Oh, you want me to give real real thoughts? Oh, oh. Either way, the movie was actually shot pretty well. All the good intense even possible action scenes did not have no shaky cam bullshit so we could tell what was going on acting was good minus two people writing was good minus one person billy ghost made no damn sense oh. either way so i'm going to give this movie a three out of four it's probably my second favorite screen movie to date at the moment we'll see if that changes when the next movie comes out um <clears throat> I agree with a lot of what you said, basically. Um, I'd like most of the performances. Um, and 
all the legacy characters did a good job returning. David Arquette definitely a stand out there. Um, directing was pretty good. It was well shot, well lit. It didn't have it didn't look weird in that way that the new part four was just looked like a a weird um, thing to it. But uh, but I don't love it. I'm gonna give it two and a half stars. I thought it was pretty good. I think it's an above average slasher movie. But there's a lot of things about the movie that annoys me. In hindsight, I find Richie's character to be extremely annoying. Pre-reveal, post-reveal, I feel like he's useless. It, it's a four compared to Halloween Kills. <laughs> <laughs> so it just depends on what you're comparing it to. So, Either way, so everyone, as always, you don't have to get out of here, but you do have to start calling Vic Punyon from now on because his puns have layers and they make you cry. And don't forget Nitpick Nick. Come back to us next week and... Land before time. Maybe. We'll see. <laughs> we still got time to change that. No. <laughs> I've already watched the movie. I got my notes. I'm ready for it, baby. We'll, we'll be back next week with some episode. <laughs> <laughs>